In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the feast of the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ in the temple, the 40th day after Christmas. And yes, there's already been 40 days since Christmas. But not to worry, there's only 327 more. Um, And it's a fixed feast of the church, meaning that it always falls on the same day, February 2nd. And in addition to the principal feasts of the church, such as Easter, All Saints, Epiphany, and others, only fixed feasts take precedence over a Sunday. The Holy Name, and there are three, the Holy Name, also known or used to be known as the Circumcision of Christ, the Transfiguration, and today, the Presentation. The Presentation hasn't fallen on a Sunday since 2014, and it won't happen again until 2025, so we get to take a break in the Epiphany season and uh, wear white today. This feast has been known by many names, the Presentation of Our Lord in the Temple, the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and perhaps most familiarly, Candlemas. Historically, on this day, the church would bless candles for use in worship and in the home for the coming year. Using a theme from Simeon's song, A Light to Enlighten the Nations, the church would draw from that symbol and created a candle mass to bless instruments of light. And as if that history weren't enough, in England, Candlemas is superstitiously used to calculate the length of winter with the familiar rhyme, if Candlemas be fair and bright, winter will have another flight, so we might be in trouble. (laughs) Which is why Groundhog Day, that American tradition of predicting winter's length, always falls on February 2nd, the same day as Candlemas. And Jim, our thurifer, told me this morning that if, the, if there's not enough smoke and the thurifer sees his shadow, there will be six more <laughs> weeks of winter. But for Episcopalians and, and Anglicans the world over, the Feast of the Presentation gives us something even more familiar, the Nunc Dimittis, or the Song of Simeon. This song, which we hear in the gospel this morning, has been prescribed for use at evening prayer since the very first Book of Common Prayer in 1549. And countless musical scores have been set to this text, like the one by Gibbons we heard at the beginning of this service. In fact, here at St. Peter's, the Nunc Dimittis is prayed at Sunday Evensong, Sunday Compline, and at evening prayer every day, Monday through Thursday. For those who pray the daily office, it's nearly as familiar as the Lord's Prayer. But what are we to make of this song? Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. It's a song of patience, a song of fulfillment, of joy and light, but also of ending, of death. 
We're told that Simeon was a righteous and devout man who had waited his many days, his many years, to see the Messiah. And guided by the Spirit that day, he went to the temple. And as Mary and Joseph brought in the baby Jesus to be dedicated to God, Simeon took him in his arms and sang this song. Now, we don't know with certainty whether Simeon sang these words or simply uttered them. But for millennia, the church has sang these words in worship, and the tradition calls this the Song of Simeon. And it is a song because it is words of praise, Simeon's response to seeing God manifest in the face of the baby Jesus, to lift up God's promise for all to hear. But of course, Simeon wasn't the only person offering praise in this story. We're told there was an elderly prophet named Anna who stayed at the temple fasting and praying every day. And when she saw the child, she went about rejoicing and telling all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. The entire scene is almost like a musical with Simeon sweeping up this babe in his arms, singing a song about God's promise and Anna running around the temple telling everyone who this baby is. So whether historically accurate or not, we might say with some certainty that Anna and Simeon sang in their hearts, praising God for what had been revealed to them, praising God from the depths of their soul, even in the face of death. Have you ever had a moment where all you could do was sing? Have you ever experienced a moment in the face of tragedy or in the midst of joy where song was the only response you could muster? I think of the time a beloved patriarch in my childhood church suffered a heart attack during Sunday worship. And as the paramedics tried to revive him, the congregation began to sing in their pews, How Great Thou Art. I think of last April, the footage of Parisians singing hymns as they watched the Cathedral of Notre Dame burn. I think of standing in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem with my seminary classmates and singing, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? I think of the time as a hospital chaplain when I set vigil with a family as they waited for their father to draw his last breath and as he died, his children sang, Abide with me. Think of my grandmother, who in, these, who in the days after losing her husband of 50 years, sang, Great is thy faithfulness every morning as she cooked breakfast. Just this morning, a parishioner shared with me after the 8 o'clock service that in the final week of his mother's life, she said to him as she lay in her hospice bed, I could lie here and cry, but, I, but instead I think I'll sing. The reason the church has so valued music throughout its history is because of music's ability to move us beyond ourselves and the spaces we inhabit and into the presence of God. Music always has the perfect words when we have none. And sometimes music could just leave us speechless, like seeing a beautiful painting or an unobstructed night sky, all we can do is simply behold it and stand in the awe of it. 
That's why St. Augustine said those who sing pray twice. Music is a universal language because it's a gift that comes from God. It taps into the depths of our souls in a way we cannot quite describe. And it brings us out of our mundane realities into the transcendent courts of God. Brother Jeffrey, who's a monk at the Society of St. John the Evangelist in Boston, wrote that encountering God is more difficult in our time. Our world today is so loud and so busy, so obstructed, so full of pain and fear and division and despair. And to hear God, we must still the noises of the world and the clamor of the self. Because the great mystery is that God in Christ dwells in the very depths of our souls. And this is the place where music takes us. It taps into the depths of our souls and reconnects us with the comforter, the sustainer, the creator of us all. So in the midst of all that is happening in the world, in the midst of all that is taking place in your life, and in the lives of those around you and those you love, what is the song in your heart? What is the song you need to sing or the song your neighbors and the world most need to hear? What is the song of praise, of promise, of justice and fulfillment that will not only reconnect you to God, but will bring hope to those around you? How will you dig deep and discover this song in the depths of your soul where Christ abides? How will you lift the gates of your hearts and let the King of Glory come in? Anna and Simeon have something to teach us today. We need their example. We need them to show us the joy that comes when waiting and fulfillment meet. We need them, them to show us how to trust that God is present and working in our lives and in this world though the fear and despair of the world would suggest that God is nowhere to be found. We need Anna and Simeon to remind us that God's promise is true. Christ is alive, death has lost its sting, and the King of glory is waiting for us to lift the gates of our hearts so that we might sing a song of praise, a song of hope, of redemption, of justice, and love. Lord, now let your servants depart in peace according to your word, for our eyes have seen your salvation. Amen. Amen.